episode 67, Bone Broth Protein for Paleo and Autoimmune Disorders. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trostclair, and today we hear Matt Fields' perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards nominated host, Dr. Justin Trostclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Hey, America, are y'all ready to pay some taxes? Here we go. Write that check or auto debit. The more zeros you pay, the more income you earn. Just remember, it's all about mindset. Hey, you help somebody, right? Through your taxes. <laughs> all right, I'm just trying to be positive about this whole situation. Well, regardless of politics, today I want to share with you a quick, if you are looking for a way to use this needle acupuncture book, then you might want to look at a doctorsperspective.net slash E-pin. That's right. If we're not going to use needles, you got to get something. Well, then you might as well get the electric acupuncture pin. It's like a portable TENS unit, except, you know, in those pads, you put them on your muscles and it contracts them and it feels good. This thing has a tip, kind of like a ballpoint pin, and you can stimulate those acupuncture points with that. So it's battery powered. All right. That's a doctorperspective.net slash E-pin. As always, check out the t-shirts, write a review. And we're always looking for new guests, new series, dentists, eye doctors, uh, especially like a dental implant. Those are kind of cool looking at on Instagram. During the acupuncture series, you probably heard me mention a few different affiliate products. One was Primal Health and Nutrition. Well, guess what? Today is the episode. I want you to know if you go to a doctorsperspective.net slash Primal HN, Primal HN, promo code PrimalDoc, D-O-C. So PrimalDoc, you can get extra 10% off Today's guest is Matt Field, okay? If you've ever wondered how they make a protein powder, especially one that's made from like bone broth and soup, this will be surprising for you. He goes through how that works. Like, did he buy a multi-million dollar plant to build all this stuff out? And uh, a misnomer, this is more for like paleo and big time for autoimmune diseases. Because I was like, are there certifications? Like, how do you know? It's such a limited diet. So what are his plans in the future to expand into other products and the way he figures that out, flavors, etc., is pretty cool. So if you're interested in manufacturing, I think you're gonna like this episode. Plus the general knowledge that you are going to get. So a doctorsperspective.net slash six seven. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China, we got a great guest today. He created a pretty unique, I would say, bone broth protein that I was very curious about, so I wanted to get him on the show. The company is called Primal Health Nutrition, and they're coming all the way from Utah. Welcome to the show, Matt Field. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, my first question would be, what made you decide to create protein products to begin with? And then, of all the ways that you could have done it using like bone broth, and, and what's, the, what's the backstory? Well, uh, I actually graduated from college in 2010 when nothing was happening economy-wise in the U.S., and uh, so we had to kind of, well, I, I looked around for a lot of jobs, but uh, eventually I decided to work on some consulting. And one thing led to another and found myself in the uh, raw vegan protein industry. So I, ended, I started getting really familiar with the supplement industri industry, particularly protein. And uh, one day after a family reunion, my sister came up to me and she, uh, she has autoimmune disease, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And she told me that, you know, you make all these proteins for all these companies, plant-based and, and that, this and the other. Why don't you make a protein for me that I can actually eat? So I s 
I, I didn't even, I really didn't know that much about paleo or AIP or anything else, but diving into it, I learned that, uh, uh I already lived some of those, some similar principles and, and learned that it, there was a pretty good market for it. So I decided to pursue that and put some things together, sent it over to my sister. She taste tested it, didn't cause any issues for her. And so she, uh, then the rest is history. So we started the company and we're, we're growing each, each month, each year. So when you're, when you're developing like a bone broth and then it turns into a powder, correct? What we use particularly, it's, it's, uh, so it's adhering meat and bone. So you'll have a, it's the bone broth and there's a, uh, it's grass fed. And so what they've done is they boil it in enzymes and it breaks down and then they dehydrate it into a powder form. And then what we do specifically over here, at Primal Health and Nutrition, is we take it from there and we do a process called granulation mm-hmm. uh, because the this type of protein doesn't mix very well in water. And so <laughs> what we do is we take the protein and then we we uh, a mixture of some of the protein in water, in filtered water, and then it's put in a big vat. And as they as there's a huge poof of air that goes through it lifts it up and then it sprays some of that some of that water protein solution on it and it makes it lighter and easier to to mix into the drink so that's the process that we do and that was that's one of the things that makes us a little more unique but um not to mention it helps for uh, manufacturing purposes because otherwise they'd want to put something like a silica or or something that's not natural uh, mm. in the product to help it go through the machinery but since we do the granulation for the for the for the ability right. to actually let it mix better in water and um, it also ends up helping out with the manufacturing end so that's this, that's one of the things that makes us unique is that something that anybody could kind of figure out or do you have to kind of it's, be in the industry uh, for a it's, while it's a laborious process uh, to come up with the right you know the right amount of of water and and to do the solution and then the amount of heat that you put in when you're running the granulation the amount of air pressure that lifts it it's oh uh it's it's tedious but uh you know yeah you work and hard you gotta and add flavors in there nobody really wants to be drinking a b- bone soup every day so you have to like create flavors as well yeah exactly exactly oh there is the, we do have the natural and that uh with the organic superfood blend so that's for those that are in the elimination phase for the AIP folks but uh those that are you know AIP friendly we do have a little bit of stevia in the in our vanilla banana and our cherry chocolate and mm-hmm. those ones are uh, those ones you can drink straight from you know just in water so so when you decided to, I guess when I guess I would call it niching down to like the paleo, the autoimmune protocols, the, the the specific carbohydrate diet type things, did you have to get like super certified by these organizations and go through like some kind of process, or how'd that work? Right now, there's there's no certification that currently exists for you know paleo or whatever. So when, if you ever see like a paleo seal or AIP seal, it's usually just created by the company. Something uh-huh. that is a little unique to us, though, is that we we uh, spoke to uh, the autoimmune paleo gals, and they told us, you know, a couple different things that we should do, and then uh, we just followed that. So, but again, there's no there's no actual certification yet. I imagine mm-hmm. that'll come, but uh, as of right now, no. Okay, all right. And so that and the reason y'all guys went 
non-GMO, um, no dairy, vegan, and all of that is because to for healing. So people can actually yeah, have it, something well, that doesn't inflame them. Yeah, this this isn't this one isn't vegan, but we we're working on one that will be vegan and AIP and paleo and the whole bit. Uh, that's, it's a, it'd be a, a pumpkin based protein, uh, as opposed to, as opposed to the bone, the bone broth and, and, uh, the hearing meat. But, uh, the, the objective with the AIP and the SCD diet in general is to heal from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to give an example, my sister with her RS, she, you know, she did what most people would do. And she went to the doctor and said, Hey, I'm in pain. I got to figure out how to overcome this. And so, and you know, you're a doctor, so it, uh, you can get prescribed a lot of different drugs just to overcome the, the different elements associated with RS. And so she, she, she went through all through, all through that. But in time, the, the medication just wasn't working anymore for her. And so they had mm-hmm. to switch up medications and do all these different things. And, it just and what really triggered it is what she told me is what she does CrossFit and skinniest uh, beanpole at the time uh, because she just couldn't just couldn't keep the weight because of her disease and so she was working out and she looked up at the board and she noticed that some letters were missing from from the workout and just hmm. scared her to death and so she went home and she read something on the side effects that said something along those lines that 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 could that could happen and it just you know, scared her straight. And so she decided to try something else. And so that's what led her to trying this, um, more natural approach. And after about two years, she got off, uh, the majority of her medication. I think she said all of the medication, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I'm pretty sure she got off all of her medication, uh, just from living that diet. And so it, it's a, I mean, AIP is probably the strictest diet there is, but if you can, if you can live it, you can begin to really heal and see the results uh, in your life. And now, now, if you see her now, she's stacked. She's buff, and uh, <laughs> wow. not the same skinny sister I used to have. But now she's now I'm afraid she'll beat me up. But she's she's much much better. <laughs> you know, we always say that as a well, at least I always say this is if you can heal something or if you can stick to a diet that is going to help benefit you, you're going to see so many things get better. It's just that it's usually hard and we quit. Yeah. You know, we, we get the birthdays, we get the Christmas, and all of a sudden we're like, all right, forget it. I, I quit. And then you got to relapse and then you start realizing like, all right, I really got to get off the dairy. I really got to get off gluten for more of a long-term situation. Yeah. And then well, and two, you get better. Two things on that. Uh, a lot of the reading I've done is they suggest if you can make it past the six-week the six week marker, then you're in a lot better shape. Then your body really begins to adjust and, and you're able to kind of uh, take on the diet a little bit more. For me, uh, when I've toyed around with diets, I just implement a portion of it in my day uh, because my mm-hmm. wife hates hates it when I try a new diet <laughs> and, so, and she still wants to live. And so there's certain meals that we'll pick that I'm going to eat normal, quote unquote. And uh, But then the rest of the time I I, I live according to the diet I'm following and, and that's, that's a way to do it too and still kind of live the life that you've, that you usually live. But for those that are trying to eliminate pain, I'm not, I'm not facing any autoimmune disease, right? And I'm not facing right. anything that's terrible like that. And so I don't think you can, I don't know if you'd be able to do that. The same thing I do when you're uh, trying to transition from pain to no pain. So. Yeah, exactly. I think we're in a different boat when we're experimenting with, let's just see how I feel if I go paleo or, you know, any other options out there. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. When we're talking 
flavors or we're talking adding new product completely to your company. Do you have like a process that you go through to determine what is a good flavor or should I go into, you know, get out of the pro not out of the protein, but just add a completely different product and expand the line? Well, when it comes to, I'll answer the first question. When it comes to flavor, you kind of want to go out there and see what people are already doing, what people are interested in. Uh, not to mention you can go on, you know, you could probably Google and say what are the most popular flavors out there and then you can base it off that. People are going to be drawn to one flavor or another. If you decide to come up with something wacky, I mean, they're not going to be that interested. They want something that they'll recognize, you know. But you nobody know wants kiwi strawberry protein. Yeah, yeah, probably not going to get anywhere. <laughs> but uh, you know, the then once once you determine the flavor you're going to pursue, then you have to then you have to make it work with whatever product you're trying to do. So for for us, example, you know, for for example, we have the cherry chocolate. Now, if you're living AIP diet, you can't have chocolate. In cocoa, that bean is going to cause you inflammation. So we had to use something else in place of it. And it's commonly known that if you use a carob in place of a, a carob doesn't cause that issue. And it still provides a, a fairly chocolatey flavor. So we did that and then we and then we flavored it from there. And then we were going to come up with the vanilla right off the bat, but we couldn't find something that would take the vanilla in the best way. So that's why we developed the vanilla banana. And so the bananas take helps take that overtone of the protein away and makes it taste a lot better. So that's a bit of a process when you're trying to determine the flavor. But uh, and then your next question was, you know, how do you determine if you're going to bring in another line? And, you know, mm -hmm. you can look at the trends uh, all over the place and then uh, then convenience. And it really just depends on what your strategy is from there. Um, you know, bars, we're working on some bars that we're going to come out with. That's the convenience element, you know, there. But then we want to start working on different types of, you know, if you're coming from the, if you're coming to the AIP diet, you're used to having, you know, some pasta and sauce in the evening. And now all of a sudden you can't have tomatoes. You can't have gluten. You can't have, you know, it's all these different things you can't have. You have no idea what to eat. Yeah. And so we want to try and bring where the, the objective in the coming years is we want to start bringing that kind of those kind of foods that are AIP approved by uh, experimenting with you know approved ingredient ingredients to make that possible and that that'll be a process that'll be that'll be pretty difficult and that's why we start with base products like a protein or bars and things like that and then we branch out from there but it's it it'll be a process but at the end of the day it'll it'll pay off well not only for us but specifically for those that are trying to live those diets and transition successfully into them yeah does that mean you'll have to like expand your manufacturing and like buy all new equipment to make bars or do you, can well, you rent that kind of stuff well the nice thing is you can use contract manufacturers and so okay. i don't we don't have a facility ourselves we have a we contract a manufacturer to run our product. Oh wow! And so they have all you know they're GMP certified. They've got the uh, you know all the different certifications. If you want them to have a non-GMO certification or non-GMO is a little more specific though. It has to be product specific, and then it has to be based on what the what the manufacturer is doing. But then you know organic certifications, kosher certifications, those can all be obtained by the contract manufacturer, and then you. You bring the product there, and they they figure out how they're going to do it. And you just pay them what's called a co-packing fee, and ah. and they can what they call is either toll it, where you buy the ingredients and they do it, or they do a turnkey where they do everything. And so um, that's how you're able to kind of get around that big barrier of buying five hundred thousand okay. dollars worth of equipment that you may potentially only use for a brief period of time. Especially when right yeah. now we're doing powders, 
powder filling is easy, but if you decide to start making a pasta, you're going to go to a completely different manufacturer and, and you know, all over the place, wherever, yeah. wherever you can be accommodated. So you just got to send an email, watch your inventory, and say, hey, we need another 20,000 bottles of cherry chocolate. And they're like, all right, you're in the list. You're on the waiting list. Exactly. You'll get it next yeah. month. Yeah, they'll, they'll, put you on the, they'll put you on the list. And in our case, we do a tolling process, so we have to buy all the ingredients, and then we send that over to over to the manufacturer and then they they mix it and they batch it and they put it into into the bags and everything so okay. or not bags but the bottles so yeah well this is interesting to me like you know one of the things i enjoyed doing in clinic was asking people if you were to ever come in as a client and be like so what do you do I'm like wow and i'd probably pick your brain for several sessions like so how do you even get the stuff you know that's just interests me and like one time i was looking to I was like, you know what, there's all these organic superfoods, like, you know, wherever you source yours. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. There's all these products. And then some companies have like 20 vegetables. One of them has like 40. Sometimes they're organic. Sometimes they're not. I was like, let me go online. Let me see if I can source where these people are getting it. Because, you know, sometimes they'll say this blueberries from Germany, some German company. So I'm like, let me go to this Germany company website and see what they have. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, overwhelmed. Yeah. Don't even know where to begin. Well, all these things. And- I was like. I mean, oh my gosh. and that's the thing too is when you when you run into things like that when they when they have a super for, for example our superfood we actually source all the ingredients individually. Oh my goodness! But the you know there's some places where they've got you look at their ingredient panel and they've got I don't know like you say 40, 50 different ingredients in there. How on earth are they doing that? And the answer to that question is is the manufacturer they do what's called pre blends and they do these pre blends for many many customers. And so they, they do do all the sourcing and bring it in, but then they say, hey, we can do this and throw this in on your product and do this on your product, and do you want to do this, this, and that? And then they just sort of choose from what they want to do. And so, I mean, when you see stuff like that, unless it's a pretty large company and you think they're probably doing it on their own, if it's a smaller company, I would bet that they're doing a pre-blend and, and that's what uh, that's what's making up their, their formula. When, you, when we're talking the supplement business, the protein business, are there any misconceptions that we should be aware of? Uh, in ref- things to look out for. Well, yeah, I, you know, when you're looking at when you're watching the labels, probably the biggest one that people get tripped up on all the time is the amount of protein that is in one serving of of uh, a protein powder, or the amount mm-hmm. of nutrition associated with whatever they're doing. If you want apples to apples, make sure you're looking at how large that scoop is and what else is contained <laughs> in there. Okay, because I've had a lot of clients that'll come to, well, when I was doing more the consulting bit of things, when clients would come to me, they'd say, hey, I want this much protein, this much. Well, how, how big is the serving size? And they say, well, I don't care, just as long as it meets the spec. And you'll, it gets pretty ridiculous. If you look, there's some proteins out there that say 50 grams of protein and they're protein, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they almost got a cup worth of protein you have to put in your shake in order to make it work. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Good luck. So yeah. it gets pretty laughable. Um, what we've done at our company is we've just kept it at fifteen, a fifteen gram serving, and you know, if you if you put you know the number of we've actually done a comparison on on some of our things and said if you used their scoop based on the amount of protein we have, this is what the result would be, and ours always blows everybody out of the water because because <laughs> of the ingredients we use. So it's. It's kind of interesting, and that's probably the thing that trips people up the most is they look at the amount of protein rather than the amount of uh, the actual the actual amount of pro- of 
powder that they're scooping in their, into their drink. So, How does the sugar relate? Do you have um, – I'm guessing in yours there's probably not that much if, – if there's any sugar at all because it's, it's yeah, there's from like a soup. Out, outside, you know, outside uh, the natural occurring fructose that are in the ingredients mm-hmm. that we have, there aren't any – there's no sugar that's added. But, you know, a lot of companies can get around that if they put different ingredients, if they decide to coat it as – as a flavor or they coat it as, um, you know, if they coat it as a blend, they can fit mm. in there without actually having, without actually having the less sugar. There's some funny little tricks you can do and still be okay with the FDA that people don't wow. realize. And that's something that, uh, you have to watch for. And, but I mean, it's, so it wouldn't even make it into the sugar line. Uh, well, I mean, it, for example, yeah, you no. I mean, if you once you do the testing on the product, you would have to list the amount of sugar that's there. But they may not say okay. that they may not have the actual word sugar in there. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, when you're looking at the ingredients list, it wasn't like sugar, protein. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and and that's that goes back to you know some of these processing agents that manufacturers use. A lot of times they'll put you know a ton of silica or or um, you know, there's a lot of different processing agents. Silica is the one that's most used, but when they're doing that for a pre-blend or a uh, or a flavor or you know a bunch of different things like that, then they can they can put silica in there, and you're never going to know it's in there unless wow. unless you call a company and ask them because <laughs> they don't have to list it if it's within that ingredient. So it's kind of it's kind of funny how sometimes you can sneak by with that sort of thing. But I just want to say kind of we don't do that. So. <laughs> There we go. Caveat. Yeah. <laughs> so you obviously market. One of the things we like to talk about on the podcast, you're not a doctor. That's okay. You have a business, a supplement business. We all market. We're all on Facebook trying to get patients and Google. What's a, what's one or two ways that you've marketed that has been really successful? Well, the probably the most successful thing that we've done and that I'd encourage everyone to do, it's, it's the long game, but it's your SEO search engine optimization and that primarily if you want to get some places with content doing a lot of blog posts doing uh, you know and then there's a really certain way in which that's supposed to happen too you know make sure you're tagging them in a certain way that you should really I'd recommend going online and and looking up just a a beginners how do I do SEO and begin working there because uh, even if you don't have any budget for it you can sit down and you can write and even if you're not a great writer, mm-hmm. write the best you can, and the search engine is still going to crawl your website, and it's going to locate those keywords, and it's going to bring people to your uh, bring people to your website, and eventually generate sales. But in relation to that, you just want to make sure there is a path to your products on the on that blog if you actually want to sell it. So SEO, I think, by far is going to give you the best bang for your buck in the end. But if you're looking for some immediate sales, then you have your your PPC or your pay-per-click, and that you can use through Facebook, you can use through Google, Bing, those sort of things. But it can get out of hand pretty fast, so I, I'm always I'm always careful to – don't just jump into that. You can jump into SEO, but don't just jump into PPC or you'll find yourself with some uh, empty pockets pretty fast. So, You know, I was looking at um... – this is a podcast one time and they're talking about, you know, LinkedIn. There's lots of like loyal LinkedIn people. Like not everybody's on it, but the people that do it, they're super into it. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me put a little money on there for the um 
I think it was from my book or something or the podcast. That money went quick. Like Facebook, you can monitor it. You can watch it. You can pause, switch, all kinds of things. I felt like LinkedIn, it was, here's $15. Before 24 hours was up, it was gone. gone. I was like, whoa, where's the click? What? Oh, this is, this is, I was like, all right, I need to probably get a uh, beginner's course on Udemy or something to figure the basics out on that one. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm glad I didn't have a big budget. Yeah. That'd have been brutal. Yeah. Their algorithms are just crazy and they, and there are certain things you can do that'll favor you in one way and then things that you'll do unknowingly that it will damage your ability to get a good reach or impressions on, on their websites. And so that's why it's so, it's so difficult to really dive in and be successful at it. That's why you need to kind of take it piece by piece or have a professional help you out for the first couple of months before you dive in yourself. But it's, it's not easy, uh, PPC, but yeah, SEO is a good place mm-hmm. to start. Yeah. You'll see results. Do you recommend hiring outsourcing? To, I, I outsource uh, all the time. Blog posts. Yeah, I. Sometimes people think I need to hire someone to do this, and you hire someone to do that. And you can easily mm-hmm. hire. You can bring in a contractor that can do the work just as quickly and efficiently as if you had somebody come in and you had to train them yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. You just have to be careful on the way that they operate. And be very specific. How much time are you going to spend here? And break it down into the into your hourly rate. You know, how much would I be paying this person if they were to come in? Or would it be better for me just to hire some kid half, you know, part time that's gonna that can do the same thing uh, just as efficiently? So that's the thing you have to watch for when you're bringing in a contractor, though, because they can they could work an hour on your account in a month and charge you, you know, five hundred bucks, and you think you're getting your money's worth, but at the end of the day, they're they're not doing as much as they maybe. Well, if they agreed to what, if you agreed to that, then you're okay. But if I wouldn't agree to that, yeah, <laughs> right. You got right. like, more wait, work wait, wait. on this my account. Feels like you spent one hour on this project. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. We know there's a lot of college kids out there that are looking for money that are really talented that you could probably get for what I don't know, ten, twelve bucks an oh, hour. Yeah, write up some blog posts, and they. I mean, like you say, and. Not to mention, they're probably pretty cutting edge at the same time because they're being educated right now about it, as opposed to those. Yeah. That, I mean, those that have been in the industry a long time, I'm sure they keep up on it, but they're going to charge you a lot more than the kid that just, you know, yeah, is living in their parents. This basement. needs to be keyword rich, kid. Keyword rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what What do you see going on? What What excites you for the future in the next two or three years? You kind of mentioned protein bars. Uh, Anything else you're kind of looking forward to? Well, I think the thing that I mentioned a little earlier that I'm looking forward to the most is bringing everyday type of foods within the AIP paleo diet that, you know, that are, that are, that comply and that remind them of, you know, hometown cooking, you know, so you can still have a bowl of pasta and some tomato sauce, but it's not going to be tomato sauce. It's going to be, you know, something that replaces the tomato and it's not going to be yeah. regular pasta. It's going to be, you know, some sort of squash or something like that that you can, that we can make and they can, I mean, that, that's, that's what excites me because I, I know my sister would love to have something like that. And I get a lot of ideas from her because she's just like, man, I can't, can't eat this, can't eat that, can't do this, can't do that because, because she has so many restrictions on the diet, but it works for her. So, my objective is to bring more options to her and in turn bring more options to other people. And I think that's it's going to be easier for people to overcome pain when they see it, an easier path to, to pursue rather than, you know, starting from, you know, going from eating pastas and, and you know, corn and, and things like that to right. nothing, you know. So it's 
that that's what I'm excited. I haven't checked Whole Foods or anything like that, but is there not pre-made butternut squash chopped up to look like noodles at this point? There, there probably there's probably a handful of different things like that. I'm sure. Uh, I think it probably comes back okay. to how it's how it's marketed and how it's what the price point comes down to. You know, is that's is true it too. Form, is it uh, actually affordable and and are people going to use it that way? And is it easily accessible? You know, I don't. I'd have to do a little more research to see what is already out there, but there could be, yeah. there very well could be some things like that. So I'm just thinking we're all kind of, not all of us, but most people are kind of lazy when it comes to cooking. They, I don't want to have to create the pasta to eat the, you know, the fake pasta, but if it's already there ready to go, yeah. hey, I can boil something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that, that's one idea of many that, that we, that we want to pursue to bring, to bring those options to those people that are, Really hoping to find something that's tastier than what they're currently consuming. Absolutely. That's really cool. Well, you got the questions ahead of time. You ready to switch to just a little bit of personal and kind of wrap up the interview a little bit? All right. Sounds like you're a busy guy. You got a wife. You got a big business trying to make that thing grow, research and everything. Are you able to step away and, and take any vacations? And if not, what's a way to be able to do that? Always. I have a goal, a standing goal for since I've been married that uh, we have a vacation a month. Now, that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy, I know. But the vacation essentially just means go out and do something that you don't normally do, right? Because we'll go out to dinner, sure. That's that's not that big of a deal. And we, and we go to a show once in a while. But when we actually do our vacation for the month, it's something that's out of the ordinary, so, for example, last month we went up to a con- we went up uh, to Salt Lake for a concert, and uh, my mom lives up in that area, so she watched the kids and and uh, we hit the concert. You know what that was considered a vacation, and so we we make time for that sort of thing, make time for each other, and and honestly, is it really even worth doing what I'm doing if I am not enjoying the proceeds of of what we've accomplished? And so, and the most important thing to me is family. And so that's, if you make time for it, you make it a priority, then you'll always be in, in the right spot. But it's when you decide that the number one item is, has to be bid on essentially. And so if you're going to make money on this, uh, then that's, that's where my, that's where my attention is. But if you base it on that equation, then your family's always going to fall to the end because they consume money. They don't make it. So. It has to be a conscious effort to make sure that you, you do get out there and do that. Otherwise, your life is going to be wasted away in some random old business that doesn't mean a thing. Good. Some good solid points on that one. When we're talking day-to-day life, is there a way to get more work, home work-life balance? Well, you notice I work from home, and that is a huge that is a huge benefit for me. Uh, granted, I have the kids. Sometimes they'll come in and give me a hug every once in a while, which I love, but uh, – the best thing is you can laser focus down on things. You don't have people coming to the office saying, hey, so-and-so wanted this and that and the other, and we need to make sure we get this done. People have the tendency that as soon as something's on their mind, they want to take care of it immediately. And mm-hmm. when people are basing that – and the same thing comes with emails. If you base what you accomplish in a day on the number of emails you have listed, then you've, you've got Ooh. to reprioritize. And so as soon as you begin to – as soon as you can find the priority of those things that are most urgent or those things that are uh, tactically most important, 
then you can begin then you can begin to eliminate those things that are most important. You don't have a reactive environment, and so that's what that's the advantage of working from home and having people work satellite is that they can focus in on their work. They don't have distractions, assuming that they aren't working in the living room while watching TV. But you yeah. know, as long as you can do that, then you can really get a lot done in a short period of time, and you you know you work normal hours. So, and that, that's, that's what I found helpful. And that's the way that I, that I like to do it because otherwise, and I know that probably doesn't work for a lot of your crowd out there that are working <laughs> as doctors. Uh, but, right. uh, you know, it, it is a good way to, it is a good way to work if you do have, if you do have uh, a business like mine. Well, it still makes sense though. Like if you have a bunch of charts you have to sign and fill out, you can schedule that somehow into your schedule. Like, Maybe once a week you get off at three o'clock, but you don't come home until six o'clock because you just did charts the yeah. whole time and just laser focused, get it done. Some of us are um, into the side businesses, doing online sales and things like that. Do you have like an app or anything to to um, track your employees' productivity to make sure that they're actually working and not kind of watching, like I said, like watching TV and working at the same time, yeah. or it's the honor system? Well, I think if you make it if you make it project based, then you never have a problem. Right. So if you okay. if you're specific and you write up what the project is and as long as I complete that project in the time allotted, then it doesn't matter. I guess if they if they want to sit and watch TV while they work and they can still provide, you know, professional good work and that project is completed, I don't care. You know, I really don't care on how it's completed as long as it's completed in the time and the way that it was that it was uh, asked for. And that's why I like to do contractors, because you say I need this, 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 this and this and I need it by this mm -hmm. day get it done and they do it and then they just bill you based on what you've agreed on. And so, and that's, especially once you have someone that's on, on, uh, uh, the word escapes me, but when they retainer, what's that? Like a retainer? Well, no retainers, retainers a little different, but when they have someone, okay. when you have someone that's just working on, Oh, salary. If you just have someone on salary, you don't have to worry so much about the number of hours that are accumulating. You just want to give them the project and give them a timeline and make sure they complete it by that time. Granted, there's going to be little things in there that they need to accomplish and do that are just sort of day to day. But when right. you're when you're running the business, you want to focus on the big picture and you just make sure you have those those different metrics that they need to follow. Last couple of questions here: Do you have a morning or a lunch routine that gets you grounded for the rest of the day? Uh, I work out in the morning, and uh, and then when I get home, I'll I always if my wife is ready to eat. Then we'll sit down and eat together. Uh, but that's that's the ideal, and that's what I prefer. And uh, I, I like to work out, and I don't know what it is. I think it's just the endorphins that kick in uh, that uh, that I receive when I do work out. But it's it's a good way to start the day. It keeps me alert, and then by the time five o'clock rolls around, I'm I'm ready to party. So, <laughs> well, Matt, we all have our favorite books, blogs, or podcasts. Do you have any uh, to drop on us today? Well, if I was going to recommend any book uh, that's going to help you, you know, with your with your business life, it would be the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If anyone's mm -hmm. ever heard of that, Stephen Covey, I think there's been a 20, 30 million copies sold, but it it helps it helps you break down the way that you're that you need to break help you break down your time and the way you're supposed to base that time and how you're supposed to base that time and. It, it gives a lot of pointers. It's slow rate at the beginning, but if you can make it through the first three or four chapters, then it's smooth sailing. I just ate it up, and I've always referred back yeah. to it. So that's a that's a really good book, and you know, 
And of course, your books too. Uh, those would be the next. Yeah. Ones. <laughs> Man, they're the cream of the cream. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you know, Stephen Colby, if you haven't heard, of, if you haven't read that book, you should just read it. Twenty million copies. I mean, come on. Yeah, twenty Audible, thirty million copies, least. something crazy like that. I heard somebody the other day they were referencing some book. They're like, it's a little archaic at this point with some of their illustrations, but. I guess it's still good. I'm like, oh my gosh, did you just say that? (laughs) Okay. My goodness. Well, last question. This is a fun one. We have an addiction to our phones typically. You have any apps that you just love that you just check all the time besides like social media? Well, that's, in my opinion, that's one of the keys to my success is, uh, I'll show you right now, but this is my phone. Oh my gosh. It's like a flip phone. It's a standard basic phone. And the reason I do this is because when I'm done working, I'm done working. And uh, I don't want to have the urge to open up my email and see if there's an email I need to respond to or take care of or this, that, or the other. Or get on social media or play that game or this game or, or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I just I just, I just avoid it entirely. because uh, And not to mention that's probably a really good way to drain away your marriage is if, you've, if you're constantly on your phone. So – I just I just decided to avoid that and and I just deal with the weird things that come with having a flip phone. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I like it, man. That's that's good. But I had most of my friends they I don't know how that happened. Like I'm such a, like a techie guy, and I want to probably say twenty to thirty percent of my friends are like you. Like they finally upgraded in the last year or yeah. so to a smartphone, and there's like they still don't really want to do much with it. I'm yeah. like, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, you know. Power to you if you can have the smartphone and still keep everything in line. I just don't know if I'd be able to do it, so I just avoid it. But Indeed. How can people get in touch with you, your website, and uh, get some of these products? So uh, the website is primalhn.com. So HN is health and nutrition. But primalhn.com, and you know, it's got the blog. It's got uh, – we do some podcasts that talk about uh, you know, the AIP diet and different things along those lines specifically. And then, of course, the products, and they've, you know, we've got the the protein units primarily, and uh, new ones coming very soon. So, check it out: grass-fed, uh, organic superfood blend, uh, beef, collagen protein, and, and of course, it also has the, like I said, the hearing hearing meat and bone. So it's got the bone broth aspect as well. It's it's everything you need and and more. So go try it. And listeners, if you use the code primal doc you can get 10 percent off your order so that'll help me too so but save 10 <laughs> <Yeah>. percent <laughs> help them out <laughs> that's right we don't all have a full-time podcast jobs like uh, some of these people yeah. but man i want to appreciate you and uh and thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing all the information uh, hopefully a lot of the guests will find this interesting as much as i did uh, i think learning about a new business and manufacturing products is is it's interesting. It's a unique angle for the show. So um, thank you again for, for spending your time with us. Hey, well, thank you very much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I want to make you aware of a couple of things. A doctorsperspective.net. We got a few things to talk about. We've got some free handouts for nerve pain, numbness in the arms and legs, and also a 12 exercises. If you're experiencing back pain and want your core stronger, you experience some neck and shoulder tightness and pain, these are free to download. Okay, it's under resources. Also under the resources tab is my new book, Needless Acupuncture, Self-Treatment Guide for 40 Common Conditions. Stop the hurting with no needles or meds, your roadmap to self-treat your condition painlessly. We're talking things like anxiety, insomnia, neck pain, back pain, uh, possibly some 
knee issues, stomach issues, tired, arm and leg pain, even a little bit of sinuses, toothache, all those types of things. This book really is for those, they're busy, they don't have time to drive to an office, spend an hour, and go back to work. All right. So it allow, this book allows you to do it from the from your own house. It's also for the person that maybe doesn't have an acupuncturist within like a 90-minute drive just to go see one. So that's pretty inconvenient. It's also for the person who is afraid of needles. So there's alternatives to that method that we show you in the book. And lastly, for the person who's like, I really can't afford as much care as I need. So this is a way, invest in a book, and now you're able to do it at your house with pictures, with words, and even videos. Things that I've learned from working in China, Western references, Eastern references, and practical experience. So check it out. I think you're going to like it. The first book, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health, again, is version 2.0. We got everything from what is chiropractic, what is pain, some exercises, some stretches, lots of lessons learned from my time in China, like portion control, is it okay to feel hunger, secret recipe, heck, and I love talking about it. I even got a whole section on finances, like budgeting, creating a budget, how to scale back if you overspend, which is a huge problem for most people. So I'll cover that. It's got some really good reviews. So hopefully you will take a look at that. You can get it as a PDF for free or you can pay for it in different areas. Lastly, of course, we've got some chiropractic tongue-in-cheek t-shirts about being a mixer. You do rehab, you do adjustments. You think the adjustment's really a powerful thing, but you also believe that you need to do muscle work and those types of things. We got some pretty cool shirts, mixers, and under the resources tab as well. Well, as always, wherever you listen to the show, if you rank it five stars, that would be awesome. And of course, on the top right of the website, there's all the social media icons. Pick your flavor, follow me, interact, and I interact back. If you got any suggestions, email me. Have a good week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.